Hello and welcome to another edition of Wellbeing. I'm Iris Nichols. Gone are the days when we could leave the house unlocked while we called into the neighbours. With summer and the warmer weather approaching, how often do we leave doors and windows open to cool the house without thinking about the risk of intruders? To remind us of some of the things we should be doing to make us safer in and around the home, I have with me Senior Constable Tony Templin from Newcastle Police. Tony, thanks for coming in and it's lovely to have you here. Yeah, pleasure, Alice. Thanks for having me. How often in the course of your duties do you or your colleagues call to a home invasion? Home invasion as such? Oh, obviously more frequently than we like, but oh, there'd be one every few weeks, every every couple of months, I suppose. Um, but I think the important thing to remember with a home invasion is... Is that the correct term? Well, a home invasion is, is, is the media term for an aggravated break and enter where the people are inside, someone storms in through the door, and there's usually violence involved while they search the house. Mm. But I think it's important to stress that home invasions, uh, if ever, don't happen to normal people. Okay, They happen for a reason... The people that are, are, are bursting into the house either believe that there's drugs or money inside or something of value that, that they need. So they're usually, in some way or the other, known to the occupants. So if you're just going about your daily duties, your daily routine of you know, living a normal legal life, really you don't need to panic about home invasions. Certainly be concerned about break and enters. Mm. but not a home invasion. So a break and enter is simply when they work their way in, ransack the place, have a look for money or what, and, yeah. and jewellery and things and go. Yeah. And, and, and that could still be if you're there, but you might be asleep. Mm. And if they haven't confronted you and there hasn't been any concern about violence and your safety, then it's just a basic break and enter. So, yeah, uh, yeah. and break and enters unfortunately occur quite frequently we, we would get many a day uh, throughout the whole New, Newcastle Lake Macquarie Lower Hunter area and th- they usually happen because someone has taken the opportunist uh, time to go and break into a house whether that be through a door through a window uh, whatever means that they do search the house look for some valuables that they can usually exchange readily for cash if they can't find the cash uh, and then leave the house and mostly without the the occupants seeing them. Okay, so that's sort of the two mm-hmm. types of, of break and entering and, and invasion. They're yep. the two things. Has the number of break and enters increased in recently? Probably. Um, Is it a seasonal thing? Uh, look, to a certain extent, there are times when there are more of them. Um, one time, for instance, where it could be considered that happens more often would be around Christmas for several reasons. Most houses get new objects. Um, There's TVs, uh, DVD players, kids' toys, all that kind of stuff, and a lot of that stuff can be readily converted to cash, iPods, all that kind of stuff. Uh, And also, around Christmas is also a time when many families go away. So there are a lot more houses that are are empty uh, and easier for the people to get in and out of without being seen. So you'd have to suggest that the majority of property thefts, whether they be a break-and enter, a stealing from a person like a, a handbag snatch, a steal from a motor vehicle, or just a basic stealing of, say, property off the beach or something like that, you'd have to consider that the great majority of these offences would be committed by people who have a drug habit. Okay? Yeah. So they're doing it to, to take items, straight cash, or items that can be easily converted to cash so they can get their next fix. 
And most of the time, they're not in it to clean the house out. They're in it to get smaller items that they can convert the cash. They're in it to get in and out of the house quickly so they can just get enough for their next fix. They're not looking at being able to live for the rest of their life on the proceeds, simply the immediate future. And that's all they're worried about. And that's why we have more of them, because these people need to keep breaking and stealing and getting cash to keep up their habit. So is there any particular time of the day, or is it just when they happen to be out and about? Yeah, unfortunately, most of them are opportunists, um, and they see an opening, uh, or, or potentially an opening in a house, and uh, and they'll take that uh, that uh, time and place to, as their entry. Mm. Um, so it's not always, people used to say it always happens at night, or, or no, it's just as often during the day. And if it's at a particular time of the day, like, it can be through, as you say, it can be at any time. Is it because the the people are not consciously aware of locking up? Yeah. Well, look, we're a very blasé community, a very blasé nation. And that's not a bad thing necessarily. We're very easygoing. Um, and also many of us were brought up in a different era. Uh, where locking up was not that essential. You know, I, I, I talked just as recently as um, my mother's older sister's era, which is just a generation ago, when uh, the ice man cometh. And he used to burst in through the back door with his blocks of ice and do what he needed to do, but the house was never locked. Mm. Or if you went away on a holiday, quite often you could leave the back door unlocked for the neighbour to come in and water the plants or borrow some sugar or whatever it might be. Those days now, just one generation later, they're completely gone. Now, if you go out shopping and you come in through the front door with your shopping, etc., my strong suggestion to you would be, as you come in from the shopping, turn and lock, at least lock your, your, your gauze door rather than even just leave that open. These days, you've got to at least use the basic household security to try and keep yourself a little safer. I think that's something I certainly hadn't thought about about doing you sort of come in with all your shopping yeah. both arms full and you walk into the house leave the door open while you get the next lot out the back of the car again opportunists yeah they'll see you come in they'll see you with a couple of bags of shopping you park in the driveway you walk around the front you go in the house very few people actually stop turn lock mm. and then keep going mm. so they they just let the screen door slowly shut behind them they walk in they dump their their uh, shopping and the handbag, for instance, the lady's handbag, probably one of the worst inventions ever, causes most problems and more things, but it's usually, we're usually sort of creatures of habit. The handbag will go on, what, the dining room table, the kitchen bench, maybe the bedside table. They're probably three main places it would go. Mm. So these people, these opportunists, think of that. They know that as well as anyone else. They'll give you maybe uh, a minute to get inside and get settled. Maybe as soon as you come in from the shopping, you might want a cuppa, or you need to go to the loo, or whatever it is. So you dump your bag and your shopping, and off you go. So they'll give you that time. They'll sneak in, grab the bag, gone. Uh, they're in the house maybe five seconds, and they've got a lot of your valuables straight away just by taking your handbag. When you think about it, life can be really quite awkward, can't it? <laughs> yes, because we get into routines that make us vulnerable. So we need to think about things and get into routines that make us a bit safer. You're listening to Wellbeing, and my guest today is Senior Constable Tony Tamplin. Tony, are we really as careful with our possessions around the house as we might be? No, Iris, no. It's, it's, <laughs> that's how these people make such a good living, um, or an easier living, because we allow them to, because of the... And I, and I mentioned it earlier, the routines we get into. Um, what I suggest, firstly, uh, next time you go home, take a walk around your house, unit, whatever you live in, 
and see if there's any way you can break in. Now, if you think you could break in through there, imagine how easy it is for someone that makes a living out of it for mm. a start. So there's something that you need to, to correct. Then look at some of your routines around your house. Do you lock your gauze door, even if you're inside, at least your gauze door? Many a time, for instance, p- police will go and do a door knock in an area for information or to give people information about something that's going on or whatever it might be. And on, at many of the occasions that I've been involved in that, I'll go up on a front veranda or, or whatever area at the front of the, the house, knock on the door, and while I'm waiting, I'll test the gauze door. So most of them will open. So I'm standing there with the gauze door open. As soon as they open the wooden door, let's face it, I'm a fairly big bloke. I'd have, mm-hmm. uh, on most people, I'd have free reign to get in past them and into their house. So the idea is lock, use the basic security. Lock the gauze door even if you're at home. Um, make sure your windows are, are secure, etc. You've just got to do something that hopefully will make them go, to another house. Uh, it's unfortunate for the next mm. house, but you've got to look after yourself first. So use the basic security, get into routines that make you that little bit safer, and maybe that'll be enough to send them somewhere else. Tony, you said about locking windows. Not everyone can afford to have key locks applied to the window. Is there anything that's a deterrent? Yeah, look, there's some, some very basic security thoughts that go on um, that don't cost very much, but... Uh, uh, many windows these days just come with locks, uh, mm. and, and we don't use those. Uh, and there are some other simple solutions, which I won't go into terribly here, but you don't have to spend a lot on security to keep your house basically secure. You just need to think about it and, and put some things into place. Uh, and that, that is often enough. And as I said, I can only keep repeating because we allow most of these things to happen because we, we never thought about it before and because we are so easy going. One of the things I notice, particularly in my neighbourhood, is somebody will jump in the car, back out, go down the street and buy the paper, mm-hmm. gone five or ten minutes, but the garage is left yes. open. Yes. Look, any, any part of the house, it could be subject uh, to, to a theft if, if we're not careful. Uh, there was a, um, a couple of fellas that were making a pretty good living uh, some years ago now, uh, out of items they were stealing uh, from garages and uh, and then reselling it, etc. And just just think what you've got in your garage, apart from lawnmowers, whippersnippers, wheelbarrows, tools, bits of furniture, uh, anything at all. We mostly store in our garage. Our garden shed, exactly the same. Even, the, and it's very difficult to lock up, but p- the pool, the, the pool filter and that, very expensive items, uh, and people don't record things such as... Uh, they couldn't tell me what brand it was, let alone a make or serial number or anything like that. So those kind of things are still important to do as well. Make sure that the around your house is locked. Make sure you don't leave tools out to give them access to a, a rake or a shovel to, to smash something with or, or to, a ladder to climb up. Uh, and, and that your shed's locked and also that you record um, the details of the, of the more expensive items. I must admit, I hadn't thought about pool filters. Mm. But yes, I suppose they're they're easy game too because they're an expensive item. Hundreds, maybe thousands of dollars, mm. uh, easily accessible. You just basically they've got. A, and these days everything's automated too, isn't it? So you know, you turn the filter off and you just start dismantling it. Within half an hour, they've got a couple of thousand dollars worth of pool items, and off they go. Thanks for coming. Is there a common place that people put belongings, thinking that? the intruder's not going to find. Yeah, well, it's funny. I mean, we used to all hide a, a, a house key 
you know, under the third pot plant on the front veranda or down on top of the second pier down the side of the house and that, which is not as popular now because we're going more to slab constructions rather than <laughs> piers. But it's funny when I, I talk to, to groups, etc., and I mention that about the key and the people are going, ha, ha, you know, we don't do that. But there's always a couple of people who look a bit sheepish as though, well, just pick where they hide their key. There's some, some people are still doing it. But also inside the house, you know, you've got kitchen canisters. People like to try and hide things inside the freezer. Um, uh, cereal boxes, uh, and for those of you that are now out there listening to this and start wincing because I just picked your hiding spot, we do know about it, and therefore the thieves know about it. Uh, sock drawer, underwear drawer, um, uh, pl- you know, there are so many places that, that the thieves know that people normally hide. These days, if you're going to keep any valuables, um, you're going to have to either be very creative about it or once again make it difficult so the best way to do that is to buy yourself a decent small safe but anchor it properly we had a lady recently who had a lot of valuables stolen from her safe which was sitting next to her bed on the floor and they just picked it up and carried it out so if you're going to get something like that anchor it properly so that at least they have to work for it and in working for it they're spending more time in the house with the possibility of being caught or they're making more noise than they wanted to with the possibility of being caught so don't just give it to them. The other thing that uh, I guess does worry me and a lot of other people is elderly people say, oh, I can't put my money in the bank mm. because um, it will affect my pension. Mm. Now, the amount of money they have in the bank before it affects their pension is quite large. Yes. But they have hundreds of dollars floating mm. around in the house. Mm. Is it just an age thing? And are the intruders looking for elderly people surmising that you know that's what the elderly is going to do or is it really as big a problem to to people like you that intruders have got in and found money look i think it's a problem all over people stashing not just cash but other valuables in in unsafe areas but i believe um, it's an urban myth but i believe that most people think that elderly people have got cash stashed in the house somewhere Mm. now that may be true to the extent that a stash of cash to an early person might be $200 for uh, emergency fund if uh, if they need to get some, some food in case of someone visits or if uh, uh, an unexpected bill comes in or something like that. We're not talking about great sums of money, but unfortunately some people do still stash great sums of money. But because I think many people believe that Every elderly person has a stash of cash at home. I think that that also makes them somewhat more susceptible to being a victim as well. We've got to get out of this thought. We've got to make them more secure, not only in securing their houses, but making sure that, well, they don't keep large sums of cash or that they're a bit more more security conscious with some of their more valuables as well. And, see, we're also talking jewellery. Many of these people have got uh, items of jewellery that are, that are heirlooms, that are family, mm. they want to pass on and on. And once they go, that's it. Um, you'll, you'll never get something like that again. We just don't make items of jewellery like they used to. Mm. So it's it's not necessarily an an older person's problem. Not necessarily. But often it But is. there is a perception mm. that, that they're an easy mark. Mm. You mentioned earlier about us leaving things in our cars. Mm. And I've just seen you raise your eyes to heaven. Mm. <laughs> How often do people leave things like... CD players and those sorts of things visible in the car oh, is it daily <laughs> hundreds of times daily look for years we've been so again same as house security but with with cars 
take it with you. If it's valuable, take it with you. If you can't take it with you, say you've gone to a shopping centre and you've got your laptop or something, hide it. Mm-hmm. How many times you walk past the car and you see them, they're just on the seat. It's like an invitation to a thief. They don't care about smashing your window to have to get it. They'll do that because that just takes seconds. Smash, grab, run. They're gone. It just mm-hmm. takes seconds. And unlike us, they don't have a conscience. They don't worry about smashing your property. So you've got to hide it. You've got to make it. Look, you're, you've got to make your car look as unattractive as possible. So laptop CD plays, even CDs. Uh, there was a, one recently where a person had their car broken into and they stole 120 CDs out of it. Why would you need 120 CDs? You wouldn't use that many going across the Nullarbor. So I don't know why they've got to drive around the city. The, one of the latest items, apart from iPods, are the um, GPS, the navigators. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of those just stick on the windscreen and they get out of the car, leave it up on the windscreen and that's, that's just saying to a thief, well, I've got this, but you can have it if you want. You know? uh, coins left in the, uh, in the centre console that you can see. They'll smash your window for $20 worth of coin if they can. Mm-hmm. So hide it. Make your car look boring. Is hiding it under the seat sufficient? You just you need to keep it, it out, of, yeah. out of sight. As long as you can't see it. Because unfortunately, all these cars now, the, the hatchbacks and things like that, you can see right through from the boot through, through to the front. Mm. So you've got to have somewhere else to hide it. But just hide it, yeah. It really comes down to being aware mm. of things that can happen. Common sense. Yeah. When you have CD players and, and radios in the car mm. as part of the fitting... Yep. How often do they disappear? Well, unfortunately, still too too often. But um, one thing that the manufacturers are doing now, which has uh, been a, a really good thing, uh, is that they come with a detachable face now, a lot of them, which means that you can take the, the face, which is actually the operating part of mm. the CD player. So it's just a small item. You, you know, you press the buttons, it pops out, you whack it in your handbag or your briefcase and off you go. And in many cases, that saves them from being stolen. But unfortunately, some of the older ones where... You know, kids put in the big $5,000 stereo system in a, in a $2,000 car uh, and find out that when it gets stolen, it may not be covered by insurance as well and they're out of pocket and they've got all the damage and it's just been a, a, something that's been ripped off, unfortunately. It happens fairly regularly still. You're listening to Wellbeing. I'm Iris Nichols and I'm talking today with Senior Constable Tony Tamplin from Newcastle Police. Can we just stay with motor cars a bit longer? What's your advice about picking up hitchhikers? Yeah, um, look, it's not illegal. Um, I suppose to a certain extent it's up to the person. I wouldn't personally, I wouldn't recommend that my children go out and start doing that kind of thing. There's all kinds of cons that uh, some of these people have used over the years. I'm not saying that every person hitchhiking, some person generally are just trying to get from A to B. Um, but, you know, it's it's an individual thing, isn't it? Uh, if if that's your go, if you're comfortable doing that uh, and, and, and you're alert enough to be aware of uh, anyone trying to put a trick over you when you do stop or someone trying to pinch stuff while they're in your car or doing whatever, the, the multitude of things that could go wrong, then um, that's something you've got mm. to consider. How about if... A woman, particularly a woman, mm. is stranded on the side of the road and she's obviously broken down, or it appears she's obviously broken mm. down. How often should we stop? You know, should we be a knight in shining armour or pull mm. alongside and just say, you know, is there someone I can contact? 
Um, I think she's probably got a lot better chance of getting help than I have if I break down on the side of the road. Not too many would stop for me, I think. Perhaps I, I should explain to uh, <laughs> to our listeners that um, Tony is well built. Yes, a rather large shoot man. <laughs> yes, look more like I should be on a motorbike with leathers. But um, look, I think this day and age, there's a couple of things we we can consider here. If if you are the knight in shining armour type, and that's once again that's your thing, then uh, that's that's for you to consider and do. And many of us, being the decent people that we are, probably still would. If you saw a woman, uh, a person standing on the side of the road with a bonnet up, uh, fortunately we still see from time to time. For instance, a fella breaks down at an intersection awkwardly or something, and he's trying to push his car off. We often see people get out and assist and all that kind of thing. So we still do that kind of thing. That's fine. But the other thing to remember is too is in this day and age, most people are going to have a mobile phone uh, and and are going to be able to contact someone themselves. So. Just because you happen to drive past them doesn't mean you've necessarily left them stranded. They may be waiting for someone that they've already contacted as well. So there's different sides to look at as to whether or not. I certainly couldn't advise people to do it, but um, um, I think many of us would probably do it anyway because that's what we've got in us in this country with that kind of person. If we see a fight going on in a street or in a pub or something similar, it's probably not a good idea to get involved. But if we are a bystander, what's the obvious thing to do? Well, um, it's going to. If you know anything about it, these days uh, many of the uh, the violence, or much of the violence, let's say, in, in many of the areas, uh, domestic related, uh, um, not necessarily husband and wife or boyfriend girlfriend, but also other other domestic situations. Minimum intervention sometimes is necessary here for them to see, you know, sort of wake up to yourself. Where it's escalated into violence between, let's say, there's a, a group of, of fellas uh, brawling and fighting, yeah, it wouldn't be advisable to step in the middle of that because they don't care who they're going to punch and who they're going to hit. Uh, possibly a phone call to the police. Uh, possibly, uh, if they're in a in a in, in the city somewhere or whatever, uh, there's a fair chance there's a uh, licensed premises somewhere, and all licensed premises have uh, security. Uh, these days maybe one of those could intervene um, uh, or just basically uh, be there eventually they're going to get tired and they're going to stop and be there in case you can help with first aid all right (laughs) how common is it for people who are walking alone and i'm thinking about people who've been at work late at night Mm. and they only live a couple of streets away so i'll i'm going to walk home how prevalent is it to be attacked or or even harassed? I mean, they mm. don't have to no. lay a finger on you, but they can... Scare you pretty, yeah. pretty badly, yeah. yeah. Look, I think it's better to have a plan. Every time you leave home, have a plan. Whether you're going into town for a meal, whether you're going to a club for a few drinks and a game of bingo, uh, whether you're just going Thursday night shopping and, uh, as you say, you only live several blocks away or you've had to park several blocks away because of the time of year it may be, I think it's better to have a plan to get from home to your destination and then from your destination home. And Part of that plan, the main part, is obviously safely getting there and back. I don't recommend people take too many risks and go too far on their own. Simply from the point of view, I'm not trying to scare anyone and I'm not trying to say that these kind of offences are are, are out of control, but there's no use 
uh, flirting with danger either, you know. Um, just because one person jumps off a cliff doesn't make it safe for everyone to be able to do it. Uh, and the same thing goes for, you know, someone walking home, unbeknownst to us, might be a black belt in karate and can, okay, you can look after yourself, mm. that's fine. You walk home as far as you like on your own, but someone else uh, who may be a, a timid kind of person, uh, etc., may need the assistance of someone to perhaps walk down with them or whatever it might be. I think it depends on the individual person, but I also think that everyone needs to have a plan on getting there and getting home and making it as safe as possible for them. Now, we're almost out of time, mm -hmm. um, but just a couple of things. You mentioned about going late-night shopping, which brought to mind women with children in the pram, mm -hmm. and they leave their purse sitting mm -hmm. in the pram. Or I the, actually or the know, shopping trolley. Yeah. I've had, I know a lass who actually hid her purse under the baby, mm -hmm. um, and it still got up and walked. So how aware should particularly young mums be of of their personal belongings on a pram? Uh, on a pram, on their person, uh, all the time. I mentioned before probably the worst thing ever invented was a handbag. Mm. Um, and that's because, you know, next time you go out to a shopping centre, sit down for five minutes and watch the ladies walk by with their handbags. Uh, have absolutely no security at all. Um, if it's a, a handbag with just a small hand straps it's usually flopping around about calf level somewhere while they're chatting away or looking in the shops and really there's no safety security on that if it's a shoulder bag it's usually over the shoulder and behind them uh, instead of in front in front of them where they might have some at least some control if it's in a shopping trolley it's up prior to place so that anyone running past can just grab it as they go rather than down the bottom or under some shopping or you know i'm disappointed the one under the baby's gone because that, but someone must have been must have been watching her they must have decided that the risk was worth taking, whether it be because they saw her take money out of the auto teller or whatever the, the situation may have been. Because don't forget, you know, people will watch, they'll see. And being opportunist, I'll say, look, she just took a couple hundred out of that auto teller and she's left the purse there in the baby's pram and they'll take the risk. So, yeah, you need to be alert at all times. Probably those backpack handbags may look beautiful on the back of a young lady's back but there's absolutely no security on that at all uh, a sharp knife will take care of that as they run past no dramas at all so it's it's a um, something where you need to be alert at all times you need to try and minimize the risk by being alert whether it be that you tuck your small handbag up under your arm and and take hold of it there the shoulder bag in front of you with a hand on it. It may not look the most fashionable way to get around town, but it's a lot lot safer for you to keep your valuables. Um, and, you know, as I say, with the shopping trolley, lift a couple of the plastic bags, put the handbag under it and put the plastic bags back on top. Don't leave it up the top. Um, just just a little bit of thought, a little bit of re reorganising to try and keep it safe, a bit safer for yourself. Tony, I hope we've all learned something today. Thank you so much for coming in and, and I guess briefly telling us about some of the hazards that we have during everyday life. No problem. Thank you. All the best. I've been talking today to Senior Constable Tony Tamplin from Newcastle Police. On behalf of all of the team here, this is Iris Nichols saying thank you for listening and we wish you well. <laughs>